presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. National Institute of Personal Management, established in 1980, is one of the premier organizations of professionals engaged in human capital management, industrial relations, employee welfare, and human resource development in the country. And IPM is a non-profit organization registered under the Society's Registration Act and devoted to the development of skills and the expertise of HR professionals through regular and active programs like webinars, seminars, workshops, conferences, and publication of research papers through its chapters all over the country. And IPM Trivandrum chapter is one of the oldest and most dynamic chapters in the country and has always been at the forefront in organizing various professional activities. Our activities are aimed at HR professionals and thus enabling them to reskill and upskill to face the demands and the challenges of the disrupted era. In addition, an IPM Trivandrum chapter regularly conducts an advanced program on labor law for HR excellence. To bridge academia with the industry, an IPM student chapters are formed in B-schools. Besides programs like face-to-face with executives, the chapter organizes special programs for the benefit of the student members intending to create awareness on HR and its functions. Also, student chapters providing its members a platform to develop leadership skills and evolve as a professional after their studies. An IPM Trivandrum chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. This podcast is brought to you by 3J Consulting. 3J Consulting is a HR service company with their core areas in recruitment, contract staffing, corporate training, cloud-based HR, and payroll software and psychometric test. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of Insights and IPM Talks. And you are with your host, Ajish. Today, it gives me immense pleasure to welcome Mr. Hemant, Head of HR, LNT, to share his insights on talent management. Good evening, Mr. Hemant. It's a pleasure to have you in this NIPM podcast. It's not very often that we get to hear from uh, industry stalwarts like you, uh, especially from a petrochemical industry. So please help us understand uh, let us know your background to the audience. First of all, I would like to thank uh, NIPM Trivandrum chapter for uh, welcoming me, accepting me for this podcast. Uh, I must uh, thank uh, you as well as the NIPM uh, Trivandrum chapter chairman and the committee members. Uh, it's my pleasure uh, to be on podcast of NIPM Trivandrum chapter. Uh, I'm uh, basically a science graduate in physics discipline and then I did my post-graduation in labor welfare and uh, through campus I was selected in uh, Larsen and Tubro uh, heavy engineering division. That time earlier it was a group two unit equipment and uh, pressure vessels and uh, I got opportunity to work uh, across the sections of HR uh, through various job rotations and uh, it was a very I can say learning experience for me uh, throughout that uh, 11 years. I joined uh, in October 92 to till March 2004, I was there. In this uh, 11 period, uh, there are a lot of uh, innovative practices uh, uh, we have implemented, in fact, conceptualized and implemented, and uh, that have been recognized by uh, the various corporates and uh, across the LNT group of companies. After 11 years uh, working with LNT, I moved to Muscat uh, Oman South Bahan Group. Uh, there I was uh, there from March 2004 to January 2007. It was in corporate HR. There also I was uh, able to contribute with respect to 
reducing the attrition level as well as uh, increasing the employee satisfaction level and employee welfare. And uh, then after for very little six months, uh, we came back to India in January 2007. To September 2007, I was with ABG Shipyard at uh, The Hage, District Bharuj, Gujarat. I was there. It was a greenfield project. And then September 2007 uh, to October 2021, uh, 14 years uh, work with uh, Petronet LNG Limited, basically it's liquefied natural gas. And uh, Petronet LNG is the largest uh, LNG importer in the Southeast Asia. So there I worked all the three locations. Initial 10 years, I worked with uh, LNG's uh, Dahej Terminal at uh, uh, Gujarat and uh, uh, there I worked almost 10 years and uh, I associated with them since uh, phase one. When I joined that time, phase two was under expansion and then phase three. It's the world's largest regasification facility. And there also we have taken many initiatives with respect to talent acquisition, talent management and development. And uh, then after uh, uh, March 2017, I was transferred to Kochi, Kerala Terminal, uh, basically to set up the LNG Academy. So as a project manager, I was transferred there. So from March 2017 uh, to September uh, 2021, almost four and a half years, I was at Kochi. And in between four and a half years, uh, nine months, uh, I was placed at corporate office uh, Delhi, heading the corporate HR and reporting to MD and CEO. And that time my son was in 12th standard, so I requested MD and he was kind enough to allow me to operate from Kochi. So I was operating from Kochi. And then new uh, MD came and he has expansion plans uh, at the H. So again, in October, I transferred back to the H. And because of parents' health issues, I have to wind up uh, and uh, I have decided to come back to Surat. So I left. Uh, 30th October 2021 and uh, then I joined here again l &T. So basically this time I joined uh, l and Energy Hydrocarbon Division and in that they have a, a vertical called Modular Fabrication Business. Uh, in layman terms it's basically on TV and other videos and pictures we are seeing uh, wellhead uh, platforms. Uh, so basically we are manufacturing platforms process platforms and uh, engineers and operators, they are st staying there. So accommodation module and everything uh, we are manufacturing under this business vertical. And uh, we have uh, three uh, sites in India, Pawai, and that is Mumbai, then Hazira, Gujarat near Surat, and Kattupalli near Chennai in South. And apart from that, outside India, uh, Oman, Sohar we have. And now Saudi Arabia is also, we are planning to start. Uh, Kuwait, uh, we have just finished and Algeria is also about to finish. So I am uh, Group HR Head for Modular Fabrication Business under the LNT Energy Hydrocarbon. Well, that's a very rich experience, sir. And what we would typically want to understand is like hydrocarbon uh, petrochemical is a core sector and, you know, the needs of the people there is also very unique. Uh, I am sure the challenges are also as unique as, uh, you know, any other sector. Uh, can you please let us know some, you know, idea about what are the typical challenges as a HR person you are facing in such an industry, in a petrochemical industry? Yes, uh, 
globally uh, if you say uh, across the business the biggest challenge is uh, uh, attraction and retention of talent and uh, particularly uh, if i say with reference to india and with reference to uh, our vertical that is the hydrocarbon business energy business uh, um, challenges with respect to india is that the population is uh, uh, huge but uh, versus that population if you see the employability of the population is uh, very very less or i can say negligible and uh, for that uh, yes i can say uh, there are two issues again uh, with respect to the education uh, institute or its education infrastructure and education standards uh, but yes uh, to manage these uh, challenges uh, we have find out our own ways to manage the talent pipeline and uh, here i would like to share a few initiatives which we have undertaken in my this uh, almost 3 decades of uh, journey uh, one is that uh, when we were uh, setting up initially uh, lnt facility at kazira uh, that time uh, ready made manpower was not available so basically we are into manufacturing this thing vertical so whatever challenges we have faced at pawai to overcome these challenges uh, what we did is that we started our own training scheme uh, with respect to multi skilling uh, so we have visited almost all the schools and uh, iti industrial training institutes in gujarat around uh, nearly 1400 institutes we visited and uh, we recruited this fresh uh, 10th standard pass boys and iit pass boys and uh, we imparted them uh, 10 skills ssc boys we used to impart four years training and iti boys three years training after that one year advanced training and then absorption on the company role so at the end of uh, four and a half years or three and a half years uh, this uh, highly skilled workmen multi skill workmen they are able to do various operations uh, like uh, fabrication machining grinding welding entry into computers offering to quality control likewise so that uh, scheme was rewarded uh, uh, or awarded by confederation of indian industry when first going they launch uh, hr event by the name hr bas so we won the uh, best uh, innovative practice hr award for that uh, multi skilling training and generating that training pipeline and uh, other initiative uh, uh, which we have done with respect to managing the talent is that uh, uh, multi rated feedback which is uh, of course in line with pcg feedback so that we conceptualize and uh, that we implemented uh, very successfully but here i must say that the top down approach is there and top management commit was commitment was there so again particularly i can say it applies to across the Uh, corporates irrespective of it or anything but if the top management commitment is there uh, then talent management will be easy for hr professionals and other important thing which i would like to mention here is that uh, hr professional or you can say any professional other than mainstream at least uh, we must know the business first if we can understand our business first we can solve our business better and then only we can play our Strategic role as a HR business partner. 
and we can really contribute and add value to the business. And uh, these are the few initiatives we have taken uh, with respect to talent management and development. Great, sir. So when we spoke about uh, multi-skilling, you know, multi-skilling can sometimes be a double-edged sword. At one side, it kind of serves us better in terms of using them for multiple activities. They also become kind of a low-hanging fruit for our competition to go ahead with because they don't have to develop not just one skill, but multi-skill comes to their uh, kitty. Uh, how does uh, your organization castle such uh, multi-skilled people? And um, what has been your experience uh, you know, with regard to that? What you mentioned is very true. We face this double-edged sword. At the first match, uh, we lost uh, Saudi uh, Arabia-based company. I will not quote the name. Initially, they have taken around uh, 10 boys. Uh, and then after the second time when they visited, they have taken at a time 200 boys just with LNT uh, I-card and passports. But uh, as I mentioned, we maintain this talent pipeline throughout this thing until we are maintaining it. So that is really helping. And uh, second part, what you said is very correct. Multi-skilling is there, but after multi-skilling certain years, those few boys are still with us and uh, they develop some specialized. So they became expert welder, they became expert fabricator. So that is their core competence. But apart from that, if there is a necessity to perform any other operations, they can perform. So that way we have experienced that in the long run, Yes, it really helps to sustain the talent pipeline. In the short run, what you are saying is right. But one good thing is that uh, our intention is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that in India, population is there, but employability is not there. So at least we are making people to get employment, either in Ireland or outside Ireland. So we are making them employable. And uh, that way we are helping to maintain our own pipeline, talent pipeline. We are able to manage any crisis we face. Uh, this kind of crisis uh, twice, thrice uh, in the past also. But we are comfortable, we are confident that uh, any kind of such crisis is there in future also. We can manage it. That's very true, sir. What you said is very true. While at one side, the organization needs to stay foolish in terms of uh, you know protecting its resources, at the same time, in the organization does has a commitment to the society. So one way or other, we are uh, helping build lives of people uh, through these training programs. Uh, so the second thing triggered my curiosity is the 360 feedback that you mentioned, you know, got introduced. Uh, in core sectors where the confidential reporting is still being practiced, implementing a 360 degree feedback needs a very, a very high level of maturity, you know, not just from the organization perspective, but also from their individual manager's perspective. How did your organization manage to bring in that level of maturity with the managers to accept such feedback and, you know, such a uh, you know, critical reviews. Yeah, I really appreciate your two points. Uh, first, uh, you said uh, that uh, social uh, responsibility. So, yes, uh, we are uh, really uh, contributing to the society, making people employable. That is first part. And second part, um, the major part you are asking with respect to the maturity of uh, uh, this uh, 360 degree feedback or a multilateral feedback. Uh, yes, initially when we have conceptualized uh, uh, this practice, in fact, uh, we have not simply copied paste uh, that idea, uh, but we localized uh, this idea. Initially, we had a uh, lot of discussions with the uh, team of uh, top management, and uh, then we decided what were attributes uh, to be considered. And uh, second thing, we uh, 
have conducted series of uh, sessions for officers and managers uh, how to give the feedback how to receive the feedback and what the process about it so that way uh, we have created that environment and that way we have achieved uh, maturity and uh, i am really happy to say that gradually uh, we became so mature initially we started manually so three years we were conducting manually and then gradually we switched on to online and now as on date people can do it on their mobile so that way uh, yes it is a marathon job but good part is that uh, top management is committed and uh, what you said is very correct confidential rating in other part because normally what we used to do that we have every year annual performance appraisal exercise but the major marathon exercise for all our hr firm is the moderation so we used to start moderation process after this multilateral feedback so whenever this uh, Uh, group of uh, section heads and HOD sit together and then they decide this uh, uh, moderation process discusses across the table. So there is a less, I can say, conflict uh, among the HODs and section heads because the results are there in front of them. They, they cannot deny that uh, and how particular individual is performing in his or her own department versus other department. How he is a good team player. and cross functional whether is acceptability is there or not well, that that's been fantastic and uh, in fact the third point you know which you talked about is in terms of the hr's understanding of business is a very critical prerequisite in terms of him able to connect people requirement with the business uh, uh, needs uh, from that perspective you know does that come normally to the hr or does the organization also needs to take certain responsibilities in terms of creating that understanding uh, especially when you would have possibly you know new recruits coming in your hr department what kind of mechanisms have you put in place to ensure that the hr team also understands the business that they are into so really very good questions you ask uh, you may feel it as a joke or you laugh it but uh, i must tell you uh, that you uh, know i am hr professional but uh, technically i am uh, 3G qualified Lloyd certified welders. That's the index and orientation I got it. Uh, after my joining, I have undergone basic fabrication, tactical skill fabrication, tactics, then viva was written test and everything. I can understand basics of engineering, drawing, and other things. So that's in nutshell. I can say uh, index and orientation program, or what you can say, we call it as a step in process. so how structured uh, you design and uh, not only designing but execution is also equally important uh, how carefully you are executing it how carefully you are coordinating with uh, all the section heads and that makes the process very easy to understand the business first and at the end of the session at least feedback uh, session and uh, uh, having one to one interaction with the business heads and the department heads and uh, questions are session that makes the process crystal clear and uh, based on the feedback we keep on improving this index and orientation process so we are fine tuning um, after each and every feedback and it's a continuous uh, improvement process i can say and that is really helping us to 
i can say build and retain the talent well that's great sir in fact uh, this is just to tell like you know things don't come automatically organizations needs to institutionalize process and systems to meet those ends that they are actually seeking i would also want to understand what's next coming in organization you know are there some new initiatives being driven next uh, i can say uh, with respect to overall uh, uh, now the focus is on sustainability globally and uh, uh, sustainable development goals are there so each and every industries uh, they are very much focused and you must be also seeing that uh, sustainability report uh, each and every organizations are putting on their websites more importantly this coming generation new generations they are very very sensitive and uh, before joining they are asking what we are doing and how we are doing and particularly into hydrocarbon sectors because uh, i was referring to international gas unions journal that uh, oil and gas will be in demand till 2050 after then what so there is a lot of focus on green energy right now and uh, green initiatives so irrespective of the business verticals what corporates are doing and how they are doing and what is their contribution uh, with respect to the corporates as well as with respect to the employees and second part is uh, post covid you realize that uh, there is a, a complete shift on wellness particularly mental wellness and health of the individual and uh, third uh, shift we have experienced uh, that why must say thanks to covid that earlier we were not thinking that this can be done like this but now people are people have experienced and realized that this can be also done so a lot of technology intervention is there work from home not only work from home, but work from anywhere that is also possible virtual employees virtual way of working is there it's a way of life and uh, focus will be on Uh, again i say um, productivity efficiency and uh, again no compromise on this uh, sustainability uh, which are initiatives any corporates are taking uh, focus will be on that uh, uh, whether it is sustainable any initiative or not second uh, uh, technology focus is there or not and uh, latest technology adopted or not and um, last important thing is how fast speed of implementation speed of acceptability and uh, adaptability and agility these things matters in future the last three words that we spoke about sustainability the digitization or digital technology and the speed or agility i think this is uh, kind of industry agnostic you know we see and we hear this from all the uh, leaders that you know these are the three key drivers for the business going forward sir it's a it's a wonderful experience interacting with you so it was a pleasure talking to you and uh, you know uh, thank you for the wonderful time that you know we could spend with you so any closing remarks for you know the young budding hrs yes uh, i keep telling uh, young graduates uh, coming to the organization that uh, keep your antennas open means keep your ears and open when i say this thing means whatever you see new things If you know it, fine. If you don't know, please ask. If you listen something new, if you know it, fine. If you don't know, please ask. Don't feel of sighing asking questions. Basically, keep your curiosity for learning on. And uh, other thing is that uh, attitude and discipline. Even if uh, he or she is a gold medalist, but uh, attitude and discipline is not right, uh, he or she cannot succeed in the long run. 
and uh, ultimately they are the brand ambassador of their institutes whenever they are entering into the company and whenever they are leaving the organization they are the brand ambassador of the corporates so i can say uh, learning is a continuous lifelong process let us uh, maintain it and uh, attitude and uh, discipline in the long run it really helps and honesty and transparency because the corporates nowadays we are facing a lot of issues with respect to ethics and values there are many big corporates i may not got the names but uh, leadership level seniority level there is a big, big challenge with respect to that so honesty and transparency pays you in the long run initially you will be loser but in the long run you will be the winner thank you thank you sir it was wonderful talking to you and thank you this podcast is brought to you by 3j consulting 3j consulting is a hr service company with their core areas in recruitment contract staffing corporate training cloud based hr and payroll software and psychometric tests the nipm talks podcast titles insights is providing this podcast as a public service but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement related to the topics presented here reference to any specific product or entity or solution just not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by nipm or its chapters the views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance in the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent